Mic check. I apologize ahead of time because this probably isn't going to sound as nice as the prior episodes because the microphone that I normally use, the one that Steve has let me borrow, uh, has crept out, as has happened a couple times in the past. So, as I've said before, most of the time I record these uh, on a Saturday night, which I am right now, and I'm hoping that when I try to set everything up tomorrow, the microphone cooperates with me because we have two episodes that we're going to record. Um, and I'm really, really hoping that this works because me doing these episodes on my phone, which is what I'm doing right now, only works whenever it's just me doing it solo. It does not translate the same way. And I'm sure that we probably could figure out a way to do it but unfortunately with how we have to work with discord um we haven't really found a workaround so guys keep your fingers crossed for me that whenever you're listening to this if you're listening to it right whenever uh this drops that we are currently recording our next two episodes because if not god only knows when we're going to get around to it (sighs) so we're just trucking along in December. I hate December. I don't care for the holidays, but just going to get through it. There is a bit of news that dropped. Some cool, some not as cool. Let's go over a bit of news, and uh, we'll also talk about a couple uh, albums that I finally got uh, and got to listen to. So the first big piece of news, we're going to start off on a good note, is that there is a new signee to Magic Ninja Entertainment. Yes, a new signee to Magic Ninja, not the Welcome to the Underground sub-label that uh, Oh the Horror and Red are a part of. This is full main roster, and that is Gibby Stites out of New Jersey. So funny enough, this came pretty much out of the blue. Um, What was it? Wasn't it shortly after my last episode? Actually, I think it was like the day or two after. And, um, well, it wasn't necessarily out of the blue. We did see some stuff about like a new artist recording something. But Gibby Stites out of New Jersey has actually worked with some MNE people before. He has released a couple projects in the past, which you can uh, you can check them out. He has a band camp. He has his own site, which has some physical copies. And he has had production from people on MNE. He's gotten production from Young Wicked, production from Minoxide. I believe Godsynth was also on there. And uh, Jamie Madrox, I believe, did a guest feature on his last album. I think maybe Young Wicked did as well. So this is really funny because I had heard of him. Uh, actually from uh, Twisted History uh, mentioned him saying he thought that maybe Gibby was somebody that would be linking up with Magic Ninja. I actually saw him in concert and did not realize it. The last concert that I ever went to, which was the Every Day's Halloween Twisted show last October. So, so not this past October, two Octobers ago. It's 2019. Um... He was an opener, and the reason why I didn't really 
pay attention was because this was where VIP was kind of screwed up and because Twisted, I guess, got there late. So we didn't do the VIP before the show and it was during the show. So at this point of the night, we were chilling by the merch booth. Uh, George, Twisted's manager, had us uh, meet by the merch booth at a specific time. And so because of that, I couldn't actually focus on Gibby. Um, but hey, who would have thought, you know, just over a year later, uh, that dude is going to be, you know, part of Magic Ninja. We've already got a first single from his EP that will be dropping. I believe it's called 13th Wonder. Uh, the track is called I'm Good. It is a fairly short track. I think it's, I think it's maybe like three minutes long. It's, it's not, it's not too long, but I get some vibes. No joke. I get some early Madrox vibes. And I think that that is one of the reasons why he was, you know, given an offer for Magic Ninja. Uh, Madrox said that I guess they had a big meeting and, and he was asked, you know, who would you want um, to take under your wing. And he was like, do you mean like a protege? And they were like, yeah. And apparently without even, you know, thinking, he mentioned Gibby. And based off of the, the track that I heard, I, I'm very, very, uh, rem- re- I'm reminded of tracks like Blam from, you know, early, early Jimmy Madrox, back when he was Mr. Bones. Um, it's a very interesting take whenever you look at what Magic Ninja started with of, okay, well, it's Twisted. Okay, well, we also have Blaze. Okay, well, we have the ROC. Okay, they got this guy, Lex the Hexmaster. Oh, okay, Boondocks is there now. And you have these people who are generally horrorcore. And now we're just shifting into, you know, oh, the horror is kind of a, a left field one based on their style. But if you look at Red and Gibby, they're not a horrorcore act from what I've gathered. Now, granted, I haven't listened to Gibby's early stuff, so maybe he has some horrorcore. He's clearly a juggalo. He he has that air about him, and that's great. This is about getting new talent. This is about getting the next generation out to the world, which is what Monoxide said long before, that that is what they want to do. I look forward to it. So no other announcements as far as, you know, when his EP is dropping. My guess would probably be no later than second quarter of next year. It'll probably be first quarter, but who knows? So we had that track, uh, and also we had a new Boondocks track drop. This was not this past Friday, not two days ago Friday, but the Friday prior, and that was Wild Horses. And man, this is different from Boondocks. This has a very light Southern rock feel. Uh, I know there's people who are probably going to dislike it because he clearly does have auto-tune on it. And I remember way back 10 years ago, 10 fucking years ago, whenever We All Fall from South of Hell dropped and people hated, hated the fact that he put auto-tune in that course. It wasn't even a lot of auto-tune. It was just an amount. But this track is really showing... It's it's a drastic change from 
the track that dropped prior. And it's really, really making it uh, hard to determine what this album is going to sound like as a whole. And I'm excited for that. I think that Boondocks has the opportunity to make one of the most standout albums this year. I mentioned, I believe last episode, you know, all the tracks that were on there and it's hard to gauge. You can't gauge what a track is going to sound like based off of a title. You can't do that. You can maybe get a better estimate based on some of the guest features and, you know, they did list them on there. We know there's Ritz on there. We know Buckshot's on there. We know that there's Stevie Stone. The the uh, He and Buck are on the same track. But you can't judge what an album is going to sound like based off of a title. I hate when people try and do that. But Wild Horses is a very unique song out of Boondocks, and I like it. I really, really do. I listened to it a lot of times whenever it first dropped. I was very surprised. Very surprised. It was very good. Uh, I'm looking at my notes, and there's actually one that I didn't add, but uh, it just came out on Friday as well. And that was by the duo Double Dragon, which is Buckshot and Kung Fu Vampire. Kung Fu Vampire has been doing music for I don't even know how long, but he has never done an actual collaboration project. This is his first one. And KFE's got talent like a motherfucker. Come Dawn was a great album. And Buckshot just has the the longest list of who he can work with. So we're getting the full Double Dragon project. Uh, It was originally supposed to be this year, I think, but I think it got pushed to probably within the next few months, I'm guessing. He hasn't said anything else, but um, I, I did hear the first track just dropped. I think it's called Don't Get Beat Up. And yeah, but I, I, I've mentioned before that Buck, I think, excels whenever he's working with somebody like Boondocks because they kind of try and, and one up each other, you know, it's like kind of like a friendly competition thing, still get it here. So it's really cool whenever you have a, a dope solo artist who can work with a lot of other people and both of them benefit from it. So I look forward to that project too. I can't wait for for Double Dragon to actually drop. I, I want to get more information on it. I look forward to that a lot, a lot. So moving on down, let's discuss some albums that finally, finally came in. To be fair, I wasn't waiting on these ones as long as some of the other ones <coughs> could ever. Um... But they were still ones that I was anticipating. Why? Well, I have finally done away with my self-imposed rule. For those that don't know, I am a big proponent of I don't want to listen to something until I have my own physical copy. I love being able to get my CD, check out the booklet and everything, rip it to iTunes, and then put it on my phone and safely tuck that CD away so that nothing scratches it. And I do that because for all we know, whenever 
something gets screwed up on the internet or something gets screwed up on my hard drive or anything like that, I want that physical backup. I know that it's inevitable that one day I'm going to lose something. It'll be lost to time. And then I'll have forgotten it. And I am scared for that day. But we're just delaying that as long as possible. That said, it's almost a bit selfish not to stream, especially when I have an unlimited data plan. I saw a lot of people posting their Spotify end of the years. I can't do it, which is fine because I only use Spotify for my podcasts. But I also found I was trying to do some research on like how much artists get paid for their streams. And I mean, it came out recently, Spotify pays about a third of a cent per artist stream. That's not a lot. Now, if this is an artist who, you know, has significant radio play and, you know, they're very, very popular, well then, yeah, that's going to equate to a lot of streams and a lot of money. For an underground artist, it may not. But I did more searching and saw that the service that I pay for, which is YouTube Music, which is included in my YouTube Premium service, they pay about nine-tenths of a cent. So about three times the amount that Spotify gives. So in my brain, it makes sense now that if I have the artist's album, if I bought it physically, and I'm only listening to it on my phone that way, well, that's it. I did my part. Or I could continue to stream it, which means that, yes, I'm still listening to the music. The artist gets paid more. The artist then has a reason to want to continue to do the music. I'm fine with that. I have actually come to terms with that. And it actually didn't take that long. But it is unfortunate when what I want to listen to isn't available on the service that I have. Q revelation. It's been two weeks since it dropped now, and it still is not available on YouTube Music, and I don't know why. You'd think that they would put it up on as many streaming services as they can, and that's not one of them, and I don't get it. So, I did have to wait for that one to come out. Rather, I had to wait instead of listening to the uploads that people put on YouTube that weren't going to actually generate revenue for the artist. So, Revelation is the second album that Twisted dropped this year after Mad Season. And I already like it more than Mad Season. I mentioned my concerns with Mad Season of it sounding more of a compilation, something akin to a cryptic collection, where most of the music was new, but we hadn't necessarily... How do I want to word this for it to make sense? 
I, I said it before, almost half of the tracks we already heard before it dropped. With Revelation, we heard about a third of them. Uh, it's only 12 songs, which is is a little bit on the shorter side for a Twisted album, but uh, it does not overstay its welcome. But I remember first listening to Mad Season, and once it was done, I was a bit confused. It seemed a bit empty for me. Revelation, I think, despite it being, I believe, a shorter record, feels more complete. I think that there are only a handful of tracks that are a little bit on the quote-unquote weaker side, but overall, it's very well done. Monoxide has said on one of his smoking sessions earlier this week that it is, in his mind, their best record. Now, is that him just saying that because it's the new hot shit that you got to promote? I don't know. In interviews in the past, in the past couple of years, he had maintained that Abominations was their best work yet. He said recently that Abominations was the point where rap finally clicked and something was different for him. And that was a turnaround of how he was going to continue writing. And we've seen that. I noticed that way back when Dark Lotus released their last album, Monoxide was the most consistent person on it. I just couldn't get enough of Monoxide on that record. And yeah, where I started out as, I like Twisted, I think Madrox is awesome and Monoxide is okay. Now it's a matter of, sometimes I hope that Jamie can keep up. This record stands out. I think it's an improvement from Mad Season. It's hard to compare it to Generation Nightmare when it doesn't have the same feel in the sense that there are no rock tracks on it. But for some weird reason, I get vibes from Heartbroken and Homicidal and The Darkness with the tracks that are primarily just uh, rap-based on, on those two albums in question. And I'm not sure what it is that, that does that to me, but it's for some, for some reason, that's just what I feel. And that's fine. I remember the track Laughable that dropped a few months ago, which has uh, Lexa Hexmaster and Young Wicked on the hook. I think that might still be my favorite track. I can't really tell, though. The first track, uh, Hallelujah, is definitely a banger, though. I don't have the case right in front of me to go through the track list to do any more pick and choosings, but if you guys haven't heard Revelation yet, I recommend it. I think it's I think it's really damn good. It's gonna take me more time to think of where it fits in Twisted's catalog. I still I still think that Abominations is probably their best, but there is a bit more diversity on that record. So that's probably not fair for me to pit it against it. 
But I try not to do that. I have no problem if a if a CD overtakes the previous favorite. In fact, I, I look forward to that because I want something to have that emotional tie. Maybe it's because I got into the music so late. That's why I don't hold albums like Riddlebox or Malenko in such high regard in a favorite sense. I can understand why people do like them so much, and we've said before that Malenko is probably the best ICP album from a musical standpoint and for what the artist stands for. But maybe it's just because of when I got into this music. Maybe that's why I don't think that Most Tasteless or Freak Show is as high on my list as it is for some other people. Is Revelation better than those ones? I don't know. Probably. Maybe whenever Twisted's finished making music further on down the line, hopefully a very long time from now, we'll be able to make an actual assessment of that. But before we get to that point, we're going to talk about the other CD that came in that very same package, the one that I'm not going to lie, I may have been a little bit more excited for. And that's For the Fam Volume 3. This was announced, I think it was the night of that Black Friday sale, where we were getting copies of For the Fam Volume 3 in orders that were that were higher than, you know, $75. 75 bucks is a is a very steep price to hit to get something free, especially whenever it was going to be a limited pressing. Apparently, they were trying to get less than 1,000 copies of this. And there's even concerns that some people didn't even get it by, you know, when they put in those orders. However, I got one. And goddamn, I really, really like it. I'm a little bit disappointed in the length. I believe the last for the fam was about an hour long, and this one uh, tips at just over 40 minutes. However, the biggest deal about it that was a huge selling point for me was the fact that everybody on MNE was going to take a old twisted instrumental and put their own spin on it. Now, we heard ahead of time, oh, the horror did their own version of the song Wreck, which was from Generation Nightmare. Wreck might be my favorite. If it's not my favorite, it's in my top three uh, tracks for Generation Nightmare. It literally might be – oh, sorry about that. That's going to be loud. It might be – I think it's between like that, Magic Spells, and Flem in the Windpipe, but that doesn't matter. We'll talk about that, you know, in like four years or so, whenever we finally get around to it with Juggalo Judgment. But anyways, we heard their take on it, and it was a full song. And I was like, yes, we're going to get full songs for all of these. Nope, not the case. Not a single one of anybody else's tracks was a full version of a Twisted song. The closest one that we got to it was... Boondocks, who took Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. And aside from the one 
like bridge being cut out. It's fairly lengthy, but whoa, whoa is normally like a five. It's not like a five and a half minute track or something. And this is about, I think it's almost three and a half minutes. That sound went off because I was trying to get up Discog so I could look over the track list, but unfortunately I can't. My computer is still not cooperating, so we're just going to wing it. And God knows that I am way too lazy to try and cut out that sound because it's going to be a pain in the ass to do so. Moving on. Boondocks doing his version of Whoa, Whoa, Whoa might be the best track for the artist who generally does quote-unquote style of their own picked the right song to fit with them. Oh, the Horror obviously had to do a track that was more rock-based, so we knew that was going to happen. But the only other artist that I think excelled in the track that they picked was Lex the Hexmaster, who chose No Breaks, which was from The Darkness. It's a very, very good track for somebody of his style. His, you know, East Coast rap style that he does worked really well for No Breaks. It was a great instrumental for it. Uh, it was really cool to hear Blaze over Rep That Wicked from Abominations. Red doing Breakdown was really, really interesting. I don't have everybody else's on here. We only got two of the members of Axe, not all three. I don't know what was up with that. But I'm also really surprised that the oldest track that was utilized was Afraid of Me from Green Book, which was done by ROC. There was... Mo most of the stuff that was done was from Abominations Up. So for such a small portion of Twisted's history, I really, really thought that we would have gotten a bit more to it. I'm very surprised that most of these tracks were just the very popular tracks that Twisted do like at shows and stuff. So does this mean that oh, if they ever tour with these people, they're going to bust out those tracks? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not saying that they were bad choices. I don't mean that at all. But it is kind of interesting whenever you don't hear something from Most Tasteless or Freak Show. I would have been a little bit more taken aback if something from Man Smith showed up. Or, I don't, yeah, nothing was done from Independence Day. So, interesting choices of songs that they went with. But I think that everybody actually excelled at them. That said, again, I think some people chose better ones for their style than others. And that's okay. There were a couple other rarities on there. A couple unheard tracks. Such as the Come As You Are um, Wickedness track that is solid. There was a... <laughs> there was an unheard Lil Shank track. And what I find very interesting is we have constantly talked about Ridas and how 
you know, in those earlier Riders albums, we have all these white guys and the ones who aren't ICP dropping N-bombs, and it's like, ugh, this is rough to hear right now. However, at the time, I get it. And then they eventually stopped saying those words, and it's cool. The concern I have is we have this song that was from 2001, never heard, and yet they were censoring it. It's kind of a weird complaint to have, but I wish they would have left it it is. Because we know that Jamie Madrox was saying that word at the time. We know it. It's the same as the secondhand smoke, uh, No Sleep to Brooklyn mashup that was from the 80s. EP that was given out at Astronomicon earlier this year. They put that track on here as well. Same thing. They were editing out the N-word. While I understand why they're doing it in a weird way, part of me is just like, you should have just left it. Because we know. People can go on youtube and everything and listen to the original versions of the song and we know that you guys said it then i don't know it's it's just kind of a it's a weird thing to complain about whenever we've been so adamant about you know don't say the word like god come on and i think it's because we've seen over time the growth in yeah we don't have to say that word now but it's because if it was in 2001, we know that they were still saying the word back then. Just leave it. It's it's also the way it was censored just sounds kind of sloppy. I don't know. I don't know. It's stupid to bitch about. Sue me. The only other thing that really stood out, though, was the final track, which had the Ashrays and Action Figures theme song. And a unheard skit. I didn't need this. I didn't. It was unnecessary. It was just kind of pointless. And for that to be the final track on this, it just kind of threw it off and made the ending a bit flat. That said, this was cool to have. And it's going to stay in my collection. Happy I got it. Last thing I'm looking at right here is Ritzmas, which showed up on the same day. Spoiler alert. The place that ships out Twisted stuff is also the same place that ships out Ritz's stuff. I know this because it has the same P.O. box. <laughs> I've only listened to this one so far, but I enjoyed it. Ritz uh, doing putting some spins on some classic Christmas songs, as well as doing original ones. They were, they were really good. And it's not a long album. It's only, it's just over a half hour long. I think it's like 10 tracks. So go ahead and check that out wherever you can stream your music. It's a fun listen. I really liked it. There's a track with echo. I don't know if I've mentioned before, but I listened to, uh, I started listening to echo earlier this year and goddamn, I really, really like 
uh, his style. I like that that emo rap shit. <laughs> Ritz killed it. It's gonna be that's that might be my favorite Christmas CD so far. I don't know. Holiday Heat might might have to, you know, step up its game for a new Christmas album. <laughs> Let me know your favorite uh, underground Christmas song on social media. I'd like to know. Yesterday, we got... Well, I first got an email about it from ICP's Patreon. It showed up on social media later that Dog Beats got released again. Dog Beats. The ICP has got the Dog Beats again. Earlier this year, I actually just purchased a copy of Dog Beats. It was the repressing from, I think it was 2001. I thought it was 2000, 2001 of The Gathering. And I got it for a pretty decent price, too. I was very I was very pleased with it. And it was used, which is fine. But, I mean, the condition of it is great. It's just really cool to own a copy of Dog Beats. And I was saying, you know, hey, maybe we'll cover it on the show in the future. I've gotten, as the show's gone on, a couple earlier albums that I said maybe we'll take a few episodes and just have a small period of, we missed these before because we didn't have them and now we will. I still want to cover that. I have basement cuts now. I got to try and find a copy of V Sinister's, um, was it Hunting Season, I think? And I need that intelligence and violence. I need that. But, again, we just got word that Dog Beats has been re-released with an alternate cover and another song. And the extra song is indeed a rarity. There's probably some people who've never heard it. And it is Ask You Something, which, if you did not know, is basically their version of the song Stroken by Clarence Carter. It is stupid. It is hilarious. Go and check it out. Yes, I copped my own. Yes, I copped two. Why? I have my reasons. One will probably land on eBay in the future. I wonder which version that I own is going to be worth more to collectors. Is it going to be the one that has the extra track or the earlier pressing. I have no idea. I'll have to find that out one day. They said that that's going to be a limited release, so who knows how many copies were actually pressed up for it. It's just a matter of time before all of them finally do sell out on Psychopathic Vault, and then they start popping up on eBay after people finally get them in about four or five months. And now, let's move to some of the stale news. Last Saturday, we were told that there was going to be an episode of the Juggalo Show. A special announcement. supposed to take place on Sunday. And on Sunday, it did not happen. Took like two hours 
for them to finally announce that it was being postponed until the next day. So Monday rolls around. I think it was Monday. That sounds about right. And Jump Steady and Rude Boy pop up on the Juggalo Show to give some amazing, super special, awesome news. And that amazing, super special, awesome news was that Yum Yum Bedlam was being delayed. Insert my unsurprised face here. Man, I only just made the bet with Robbie like a week prior. (laughs) And I already lost. So yes, once pre-orders are actually posted, I will be true to my word. Robbie, I owe you a copy of Yum Yum Bedlam. I will have to buy you the copy directly, or I will send you the money to buy your own copy if it's part of a bundle or whatever. But I'm true to my word. I really just wish that they would have, you know, given me more time about it. Guys, this sucks. It's to the point where it's not even fun to joke about it. It got delayed to March 5th. Because of this, I'm under the assumption that all three of those other EPs that were supposed to come out are being delayed because the first was supposed to come out in April. Are you going to release this full-length album and then release another EP a month later? That sounds like a terrible idea. Could they do it? Yes. Look at Twisted. Back in 2005, they released Man's Myth and Mutant a month apart. Not really a smart idea in my opinion. I don't know how well that did back then. I'm sure there's people who enjoyed that, but I don't think it's a good idea. Now, that said, we are getting an EP on Christmas. So on iTunes, there will be a new album, or an EP rather, called Yum Yum Lore. Now, they didn't post actual, like, the words of this. It's just how Jump Study said it. I can't tell if he said yum yum lure like you lure a fish. You have a fishing lure or yum yum lore, L-O-R-E, as in this is all the stuff surrounding yum yum bedlam. Personally, I think it is that. I think it's the latter. Yum yum lore, L-O-R-E. This will be available on streaming services. It will be up for pre-order on those streaming services like uh, Apple – I think they said probably Spotify, I'm guessing YouTube Music. The only way to get a physical copy of Yum Yum Lore is to be subscribed to ICP's Patreon. There's only going to be 5,000 copies of this. Now, here's where my skepticism is brought up even more. Are there 5,000 people subscribed to ICP's Patreon? I don't think that there are. I know there's a lot of jugglers in the world. I know there are. I don't think that there are 5,000 people who are subscribed. I don't think that those 5,000 copies will only be available for Patreon. I fully believe 
that yes, the Patreon subscribers will get their copies. And there will be copies that will be going up on Psychopathic Vault in the future. When? I don't know. But I firmly believe that will happen. We were also told that those will be delivered to us by Christmas. Again, my skepticism is raised. Because, along with this news, we were also informed that due to the current pandemic and lockdown protocols, those three tracks that we quote-unquote produced back at the end of October have still not been finished. And as such, we are still waiting for the gift bags from October streams to be sent out. This has been about a month and a half from the time that they should have been sent. Now, I understand that there are delays that happen. I understand that, A, the Postal Service is already back the fuck up during the holiday season. And B, there's a worldwide pandemic going on. Do not make these promises. Stop it. Stop it right now. I've heard so many people in the past talk about the horror stories of hatchet gear, and I never had any issues with hatchet gear. It was whenever they switched to something else that gave me the issues. The problem is, is they're trying to do so much at the same time, and in these uncertain times, they can't meet that demand. They said, we finally got the coins in for the gift bags. Everything will be shipped out soon. That was the last thing they were waiting on, and yet now we hear that those three tracks aren't done yet. Because of this, I'm really, really hoping that they throw on that Hallow Wicked single. Back whenever they had the original gathering uh, seminar, they mentioned that the Hallow Wicked single that people were getting by showing up to Hallow Wicked, there was only, what, like 50 of them? So the, it was the most limited CD that ICP had put out. And at one point, Val and Jay said, well, maybe we should put that on the you know EP that people get. And then I think Jump City and Shaggy Tudup were like, no. Meanwhile, I'm like, yes, fucking put it on. They can have the single. That's fine. Give me the audio. That's all I want. Because of these delays, I'm really, really hoping that they put that on there. But I'm trying so hard not to be annoyed by it. I mean, we knew that stuff was going to get delayed. We knew it. But just don't lie about it. The silver lining for Yummy on Bedlam being delayed is we are getting more music out of it. If you really think about it, we're getting a new EP on Christmas. What I was wondering was, is this going to be the case of we get an EP and these are tracks that we're going to be on Yummy on Bedlam. And then those tracks are going to be repeated on that album. I hope not. And actually, something that I literally just thought about right now. I'm not kidding. I just fucking thought about this. We were getting the complete Yum Yum Bedlam story, I think is what they wanted to call it, 
in the end of the year next year. I think they said it was supposed to be November, which now thinking about it, if Yum Yum Bedlam is delayed, every other CD should be delayed. So this probably won't come out until first quarter of 2022. What I'm wondering now is, is this EP going to show up on that complete set? Because I know that if it does, there's going to be some salty people. I'm not going to mind, honestly. Because I'll be like, well, I have the actual CD. Cool. Maybe one or two of the tracks will pop up on there. Who knows? We don't know what's going to fucking happen. But it is stale that Yum Yum Bedlam has been delayed, and it's been delayed by three months. That's how it is, I guess. Well, actually, it's been, it's, what, just over two months. Still, though. It sucks. But, hey, we're still going to get new music on Christmas. And so now, all right, place your bets. What are people going to get first? If they subscribe to the Patreon and they also bought Dog Beats, What's coming in the mail first? Are they going to get the October gift bag first? Are they going to get Yum Yum Lore first? Or are they going to get their dog beats orders first? <laughs> Let me know on social media. We got the announcement. I think it was last month. Or was it early this month? That... Attack of the Ninjas would be airing online on December 30th, which is a Wednesday, I think. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. It's a weird day to have it, but okay. I guess they can't have New Year's Evil, so they're just having Attack of the Ninjas. There are pre-order packages up. I believe it's live from... I think is what it is. It's the same people who did uh, the Twisted and Boondock shows. So there are pre-order bundles. Honestly, one of the things I really liked on it, I kind of like there's a beanie on there. It's kind of cool, but I don't care for the pom-poms on the top. But no joke, one of the coolest pieces of merch that they have is a it's a hockey jersey that is stylized like the Los Angeles Kings. And I mean, I'm a Pens fan, but I do think that the the silver and black is a dope-ass look. And yeah, I think it's a cool-ass jersey. So I don't have the money for that one. I, I legitimately say I'm not going to buy it. I'm not. At this point, I don't even know what I'm going to... I'm probably just going to get the ticket for it. But I decided I'm not buying anything until like probably the week before the show. Because look at all the people who ordered their tickets for the Freak Show performance. And then, what was it, a week and a half before, something like that, they dropped the DVDs for the show. There were people who were pissed about it online. I saw that. And me, because I held off, that was the one that I ordered. Which, actually, that came in that same day as my, my big Twisted order. So that's just going to sit there because I'll probably never watch it again. So yeah, Attack of the Ninjas, end of the month. We'll see what that's like. It says that there's going to be performances by everybody there. So for some people, this is going to be their first actual exposure to people like Gibby Stites, possibly to Red. 
So, I mean, unless you heard Gibby Stites do on his, you know, older solo stuff, or if you heard him on uh, For the Fam 3, which he rapped over a little bit of uh, a little fucked up, uh, which honestly, it was solid. Liked it a lot. So we'll see. I, I haven't decided if I'm actually going to see that, but I probably am. I just want to wait a little bit. Also, because again, since it's on a, a, a Wednesday, that's a really weird day. And I think the performance is at 7 o'clock. And because of my job, which I work right until 7 o'clock, that's pushing it, man. <laughs> she had it a little bit later. We'll see, though. I don't really have much else to go over. Um, but I did want to make a note here that the next episode that comes out will actually be the last episode of the year um, from, you know, Juggle the Judgment slash Mike Check. And um, because of that, I'm going to probably dedicate the majority of that to uh, my favorite albums of the year. So yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about some of the stuff that I've listened to since. Um, I do know that actually something I didn't mention was we got emails yesterday that they finally have every piece for that freak show lunchbox bundle. And so those are supposed to be shipped by end of day Monday. So that is already right there, two CDs that I'm waiting on because not only am I getting the Freak Show Disturbed and Unheard CD, which is the rarities from Freak Show, but I also ordered Red's album from that. So yeah, hopefully I get that sometime this week, I guess. So obviously I'll be talking about those, that episode. I should just listen to Red's album now. Since I'm doing the streaming shit, I might as well. Maybe I'll just do that. I don't know. Anyways, so yeah, while I'll talk about those albums, I'll you know I'll mention those two. If if Yum Yum Lore comes in before that episode drops, you know I'll have listened to it and I'll be able to talk about it as well. But I do want to go over just the albums that came out this year. Just my favorite ones. So I'm not going to talk about every single thing that dropped in 2020. There's too many fucking albums. And I'm going to try and limit it to, it's going to be between five and 10. It's got to be the, that number. Like it's got to be a sweet spot number. 10 might be too much though. And, and at the same time, five is like, well, I really got to think. But these have got to be CDs that really stood with me throughout the year. And unfortunately, this has been a very awkward year for that. The biggest issue was because I wasn't driving to and from work, which is when I did a lot of my listening. It's only been recently where I've started to try and listen to some music while I'm working. And I've actually been doing that to try and do some of my listens for Juggalo Judgment to get them out of the way so I'm not just trying to rush through them. I actually got my notes done early-ish, which was really, really cool. And which will really piss me off even more if this fucking microphone does not work. <laughs> but there's been so many cool albums that I've gotten from different genres that 
I just kind of want to go over the ones that stood out to me most and the tracks that, you know, I've consistently repeated. So I think that'll be my main focus for the next episode. Again, it'll probably be structured similarly to what we've already gotten with these prior ones. And uh, because of that, we'll just, uh, we'll see what happens. So I think that that's pretty much everything that I wanted to go over. So as always, thank you very much for uh, taking your time to sit and listen to me rant. And thank you for your continued support of Juggalo Judgment. As I mentioned, uh, I believe it was last episode, where we hit over 10,000 downloads. That's insane, guys. It really is. And I know we've got, you know, a kind of a niche fan base, but it really does mean a lot to know that, you know, it's just me and my buddy shooting the shit about music that he doesn't really even care for. But despite that there's people who want to hear it and are curious i guess to hear our opinions or hear our takes on stuff it's super cool and you guys are awesome for that and we always appreciate the support so please continue to do so please you know share the episodes on social media and stuff if you know other people who listen to juggle music and haven't ever heard about us please share us with them send them an episode of an album that they love and they'll subsequently hate us and then never want to check us out again (laughs) but as always feel free to hit us up on social media you can hit us up at juggalo judgment pretty much anywhere you can hit me up personally on twitter at Mike Spawn, the S-E-J, and on Instagram, at Straight Edge Juggalo. Thank you again. Stay safe in these crazy-ass times. And by the time that this episode, rather, by the time the next episode comes out, Christmas will already have been done. So I hope you guys will have a Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas or you know, whatever. Happy holidays for one, I guess. And if not, then just have a nice day. Make fully approves of that. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. Much love to y'all. Peace.